Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Money's alive. You're listening to the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. I'm your host of the Urban Business Roundtable, Curtis R. Monday. Call me. I want to hear from you at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. We have a phenomenal show here on the Urban Business Roundtable, UBR as we like to call it. Coming up about 935, we have Miss Mrs. Brandy Friedman. She's a co-anchor and correspondent for Chicago Tonight and the host of Chicago Tonight Black Voices. Uh, coming up about 920-ish, 925-ish, Corey L. Thames, uh, Deputy Commissioner for the Chicago Department of Aviation. They both are recipients of about, for about 40, under 40 Game Changer Awards. Um, so we're going to congratulate them and have a chance to talk to them about some of the exciting things that they are doing uh, out uh, in the community. And so sit back, keep it locked here for the next hour or so to the show that helps you get your business and financial house in order, the Urban Business Roundtable. As I say always, each and every single week, if this is your new, um, or your first time listening to the Urban Business Roundtable, if this is your maiden, uh, your maiden voyage, the show is called the Urban Business Roundtable, and it's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owner Got three primary goals here on UBR to one to redefine the word urban and help the urban community leverage their purchasing power Two, to be a resource for the creation, sustaining and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship. And three, to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. You can listen to the urban business roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. Uh, catch the condensed recap on Wednesdays at 830 a.m. and Thursdays at 605 p.m. Um, say good morning to the team that makes up the Urban Business Roundtable that helps us. What's up to my man on the ones and twos, the one and only Mighty Titus. Good morning to you, Titus. How you doing, brother? Good morning, Curtis. How are you? All right, all right. Titus keeps us on point, man. The quiet assassin sits back in the cut, hits all the, the buttons, manages everything, never gets rattled. T- Titus never gets rattled. He's always cool and calm under pressure, which I'm going to come back to that point about controlling your emotions in a second. Titus is a Top great example. Top security of, of the world, Craig. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I want to say good morning to Sonia Levine. Sonia Levine, our, our producer, we appreciate you. As we call her the Holy Spirit, we never see her, but she's always present. And so, Sonia Levine, we appreciate you and all that you do. Uh, you can reach me to get your insurance house in order, the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency at 708-647-1005. Uh, let me show you how to save 40% on your auto insurance and 30% on your homeowner's insurance. It's so funny, man. You know, when I first started in business, I, I was I had one kind of mindset. I, I was very conscientious about everything that I said and what I wore and things of that nature. Now, eh, what am I, 20-plus years in business now? I'm a little less conscientious about certain, about certain things. You know, I still, I'm still professional, but like, I think since the pandemic hit last year, I haven't wore, I used to always wear suits and slacks and, and, and nice shoes and, you know, nice Italian ties, like just a nice, you know, I used to, you know, do my thing, do my Mr. Monday thing. Not anymore. I mean, jogging pants and jeans since the pandemic, <laughs> since the pandemic, hit. I don't know if it's, I, I paid the cost to be the boss at this point. And so I just kind of do that. But nevertheless, though, 
I'm always conscious about what I say and how I say it to people. And, and as you get older, I don't know if you get more honorary or you get more, you get tired, but you have less patience. It's like the older I get, <laughs> the less patience that I had. When I was younger, I felt like I had a lot of patience. As I get older, I mean, you say one thing to me and I'm, ah, and that's how it was in business all this week. And so one of the things I want to give you guys in respect to business, you have to learn to control your emotions in business. I said Titus is always cool under pressure. He never gets rattled in business. You got to be able to control your emotions in business, right? You, in business, when your emotions say yes, your head has to say no, right? It sounds like, you know, contradictory. But yeah, but when you're in, in business, when your emotions are high, and your emotion says, yes, go now, your head has to say no, right? Clarity. Clarity pays back all debts and settles all scores. You got to have clarity. So when the emotions run high in business, you got to step back, take a deep breath, re step back from the situation for a moment, then re-engage. Because when you make decisions in business, with a, from a high emotional perspective, you will make a mistake. So like for me this week, I, I got a property that we're rehabbing and we, we're getting ready to get it staged. And the stager couldn't make it out to the property to walk the property. She couldn't get in to the, to the, to the lockbox. And so she couldn't get in, right? So I had questions about if you can't see the space physically, then are we sure that the recommendations you made in respect to the furniture are good recommendations? color, size, etc. You haven't physically been in the space. You had me take videos of it. Um, and there was uh, like broken blinds in inside the home. And I go, well, if you would have like kind of got into the space, you probably would have saw that the blinds are broken and probably made a recommendation to me because you didn't get into the space. You didn't see the broken blinds. And so I just got questions. And her comment or her reply to me was, she said a lot of great things, but one of her lines in her reply via text message was, I do this for a living, right? Now, I know that when I hit someone with I do this for a living <laughs> uh, line, that's because they've tweaked me. They've said something that kind of pissed me off. Like It's almost like how dare this person who doesn't do what I do, right, say something or challenge my, 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 my professional competency, right? And so this is crazy because this is all going on through text messages, right? And this is why text messages is not a good form of communication sometimes because you can't really hear everything, right? But th that's what she texted me. And so she said a whole bunch of other good stuff, but I honed in on that one line. I do this for a living. And my first reaction was, my first emotional reaction was, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> who are you talking to? You know, on Monday, man, forget you. I'll find somebody else. You lost my bit. Like, that was my first reaction. I was hot. I was hot. And for no apparent reason, right? You know, just a day, everything else is going on the, the hell. So I just was hot. I had to step back. Step back. Step back from the, step back from the, uh, the situation. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Think about it, right? I still need this service. This person is highly respected. She did try to come out to the space. She just couldn't get into the space for whatever reason, right? She does this for a living. So if I'm, if, if I made it this far with her, I'm going to go ahead and finish the, 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 the race with her, so to speak, and trust that she's making the best recommendations. And so I reengaged and we got cool. But if I would have made a decision based upon my emotions being high at the time, I would have forced a bad position. 
that's what you got to control in business. You got to control your emotions. You force a bad, you let your emotions kick in, you force a bad position. I had that a lot with some clients this week with life insurance. Two clients in particular. One client, both of them had the same situation. They had build issues. One of them had um, uh, a sleep apnea uh, kind of a situation. But build issues means you're hiding weight, means that for your height, you weigh too much. So with that said, the insurance company will do a table rating. They'll charge you a little bit more because you are a potential risk in respect to health. You're, you're overweight. That's the nice way of saying that for your height and your weight, you're overweight. And so it doesn't mean you're uninsurable. It just means that you have to pay a little more because your condition uh, is, a, is a little bit more detrimental or has a potential to be a little bit more detrimental than opposed to someone that didn't have that condition. And so, you know, you explain it to them, say, hey, you know what? Instead of the premium being this amount, it's going to be this amount. Instead of being $40, it's going to be 60 Well, Instead of being 80 it's going to be 100 And the client was like, I ain't doing it. And the, 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 the response was more from an emotional standpoint because it was like, how dare you charge me a higher premium? Now, the jerk in me, the Curtis in me, <laughs> wanted to go, lady, you know you overweight. Come on, we know we overweight. Look, I get up every day and go in the mirror, look in the mirror, look at my belly and say, man, look at this belly. Man, I need to get my act. I need to get my life for real. So, so we know. Come on. If we being serious, we know. But I can't. I can't. I, I may have earned the right. So at, at 20 years into insurance, I might be able to say it to a certain degree now. But I'm not going to say that to her. But, but she made an emotional decision. And her decision was, I don't want it. Now, let's look at the optics. We're in the middle of a pandemic with some 22 million people in county infected by the coronavirus. We got over 500,000 people dead from the coronavirus. We have new variants out there, which we have no idea if the uh, vaccines are going to be effective against the variants. We have uh, mistrust um, and and skepticism in the African-American community about the vaccine. The majority of our people... Uh, have not put things in place to create generational wealth. Why wouldn't you do the coverage? Why wouldn't you do it? Even though it was $20 higher. And then we had, we, we had options that we could get the premium down to, to, to match what she was, you know, going to pay. And then she could always have been reevaluated in a, in two years so that whatever she's being table rated, in this case, the bill could be taken off. So you can still get the coverage. You can still get, you can get coverage a little bit less than what you wanted. You can get it the price you want it, and you got a mechanism to be reevaluated down the road. Why wouldn't you do it? That's a smart business play. The reason? Emotions. Don't let emotions cause you to make bad decisions. Even in your personal relationships, calm down. You can make a bad emotional decision in a personal relationship, and it alters the history of that personal relationship forever. Calm down. Breathe. Step back. Clarity. And so, again, I want to encourage you guys in respect to that, in respect to business. Call me at my office, 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005. You can find me on IG. That's C Monday on IG. Facebook, that's Curtis R. Monday uh, on Facebook. I want you guys to pick up the book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. Uh, Monday. I want to be able to hear from you. Uh, let's see. We got a call. His name is Thomas and wants to ask about commercial laws. And you know, uh, okay, put them on Titus. We got a caller. Good morning, Thomas. How you doing? I'm doing fine. And you? I'm okay. Good, good, good. 
I was I was just wondering. You know, I've got some guys that are doing some business, and they're from out of town, but they're looking for a commercial lawyer here. And I was wondering if you could, you know, uh, recommend one or. And when you say commercial lawyer, you're talking about like commercial real estate. Right, commercial real estate. Yeah, I don't I don't have an attorney, Thomas, that specializes in commercial real estate per se. Um, but I have attorneys that specialize in, in, in real estate. And I gotta imagine that the that it can't be that many nuances in respect to the, the contract terms. And if it is, then they can probably uh, be able to to help you with it. I tell you what, I'll make sure I put you on hold because I ha- I don't have the numbers readily available at, at at right now at my fingertips. Gonna make sure okay. I get your contact information and, and, and respond in kind to you to get you what you need. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, not a problem. Great question. That's the great thing about business. You can get referrals. Referrals are key, right? Like a lot of times, you know, that's one of the great things about the real estate course that I offer. Um, we just finished the eight weeks battle, by the way, we just finished eight weeks, uh, with the, uh, uh, with the students. They did great. I'm, I'm so excited for them and I'm happy that they are on the path to creating generational wealth via real estate. They did great. They learned a lot of fundamentals. They, they learned best practices. They got strategies and equally important. They got their resources in place. Cause one of the, one of the points that I hear a lot of people, why you don't start real estate investing, you don't know. You don't know what contractor to call. You don't know what attorney to call. You don't have an accountant. Well, I gave them all mine, right? Anybody that I use that that's proven to be successful for me and my in my processes and my projects, I've given them uh, to the students. So they don't have to use them. There's no obligation, but it's a good first start for them. And then they can go and engage them and figure out if if how they do business messes with them. If that's if it's a marriage, great. If not, they move on. But they're not starting from ground zero, so I'm happy for them. So pick up the book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back at about 9.35, we got Brandy Friedman. She's the co-anchor and correspondent for Chicago Tonight and the host of Chicago Tonight, Black Voices. And coming up after the break, we have Corey L. Thames, Deputy Commissioner for the Chicago Department of Aviation. You're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable. That's one of my fave. That's one of my favorite hove joints right there. Yeah, I almost started rapping the lyrics. Um, Titus <laughs> for Cowboys on Live Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host Curtis R. Monday. Call me seven seven three five nine one sixteen ninety. Call my office at seven zero eight six four seven one zero zero five. Let's get that financial house in order. Let's get it done. Don't delay. Let's grab it. If you want to. Uh, learn how to real estate invest. You need a field manual. Pick up the book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor, www.curtisrmonday.com. Coming up shortly, we have um, uh, Miss Brandy Friedman. Uh, she's co-anchor and correspondent for Chicago Tonight and the host uh, of Chicago Tonight, Black Voices. Hey, I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't say this real quickly. Uh, the, the House um, passed um, the um, uh, President Biden's um, stimulus package, and I actually like it. it. It has a lot of things in there uh, for um, uh, COVID relief and COVID testing. Uh, has a lot of things out there for the enhanced extended unemployment benefits. Um, has support to the states. Just a lot of things. About the two things that I don't like. The two things that I don't like. One, I don't like the fifteen dollar minimum wage. 
And I know that Democrats and liberals alike wants to create this living wage, but as a small business owner, it's a job killer. And I can tell you that if we had a $15 per, per hour minimum wage right now, I would have to let go two of my staff. Um, primarily because of affordability and two, that job just doesn't warrant the $15. We create, uh, they have a, a salary or hourly wage and we try to bonus them based upon their sentence and production. And they have roles that don't warrant a $15 per hour. Um, salary. And so I w- it would be a job killer from that perspective. Uh, I think that the money needs to be more targeted. So if you want to get people of the con- in this country who are living or have a, like a un- unattainable living salary, or you want to, you want to get them up to a standard of living in respect to, to wages, then make the, the money more targeted, uh, make the money go towards the things that they're spending their money on to help them live like subsidies for housing, utilities, education, medical, transportation, food, right? Get the money to go to those individuals in that targeted fashion, and it'll be more impactful than opposed to putting that $15 per hour on small businesses. So that's my two cents. Uh, our next guest has dedicated his life and career to building opportunities for communities that need it the most. He currently serves as deputy commissioner for the Chicago Department of Aviation. He also oversees the community engagement and workforce development initiatives for the department. He's a 40 game changer, under 40 award winner this year. I want to say good morning to Corey Thames. Good morning to you, Corey. How you doing, sir? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm doing well. How about you, sir? I mean, I can't complain. Anytime that, that we can wake up and, 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 and have life and see the sun shining, it's, it's a day to rejoice. And I sincerely hope that you, family, and everyone you love and, and, and important to you are safe and happy doing this, safe and sound doing this COVID-19 pandemic, Corey. Uh, same to you, brother. And, right. and thank you for having me on your show. I'm a big fan. Man, I appreciate that, man. Well, I'm a fan of you, man. 40 under 40 game change award recipient. What does that mean to you? Put that in perspective for us. Oh, uh, man, that that means everything to me. You know, I think uh, as somebody that has uh, committed my life and career to really working on behalf of communities to really drive them forward, um, uh, any type of recognition when, when folks notice the work that you're doing, uh, it means a lot, you know, and I, I, I don't do it for, for the recognition. I really just want to be a, a beacon of light and somebody that's working to, to create positive impact in the community and be a positive role model. Um, but this was, this was an extreme honor. It was, it was definitely unexpected. When I, when I got the email, I was like, did they send this to the right person? But, uh, <laughs> So, so um, I, I was honored. And then when I saw, you know, the list of folks uh, that also got the award, you know, I'm just I'm just honored to be amongst a, a group of uh, incredible folks uh, really working to, to push, um, create positive impact in the city. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely the cream of the crop. Tell me, you know, you, you hear this uh, this term thrown around called uh, servant leadership. And you, you've really embodied that, you know, in terms of what you have decided to do professionally in, in a serving com- capacity, serving your community and things of that nature. When did you first realize that you had an affinity for that? When did you first realize that, you know, th- this is kind of like my calling to be in a serving capacity? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I'd say I was young. I, I was probably in high school. Um, I initially wanted to um, be a civil rights attorney and um I did some internships and realized that while law wasn't particularly what I wanted to do, I was really interested in government and policy and really thinking about how you can craft effective policy that creates systemic change in communities. 
And so that, that's what I started um, doing. I, uh, the internships, uh, I majored in poli-sci in college, and then from there um, have been really intentional about choosing roles that allow me to do that, um, whether it's doing uh, intergovernmental affairs or community engagement, um, being affiliated with organizations that um, uh, fall in line with my mission and values. Um, and then living out, um, living out those, that mission and values in the work that I do. And so I, I've been really intentional about that um, through my professional career and also through the organizations that I'm affiliated with. Uh, I serve as chair of the South Shore Chamber of Commerce. And so um, in that capacity, I'm really focused on um, really uh, building the black businesses that, that are in the South Shore community. Um, and so I've been fortunate enough to be able to um, leverage my experience and background to help create opportunities for other people. And so yeah. um, serving yeah. leadership is, has been a guiding force to me throughout my career. Well, that's a great segue in respect to uh, what you're doing with the Chamber in South Shore. We talk about small businesses here on the Urban Business Roundtable. To, how is mm-hmm. put it help? Put, help our listeners put into perspective uh, how COVID-19 has impacted small businesses in the South Shore area. Um, and so cold, I mean, South Shore isn't unlike a lot of other community, communities, particularly on the south and west sides. Um, we got hit hard by the pandemic. And, and unfortunately, um, we've seen business, some businesses that weren't able to recover from that. But, you know, what we've done at the Chamber is really focus our efforts on um, being a catalyst and pipeline to the resources that are available. And so we spent the majority of last year um, working with businesses to help, uh, whether they were getting the PPP loan or um, through grants and other opportunities. Uh, we helped secure over a million dollars for uh, for small businesses throughout the South Shore community, which we're incredibly proud of. Um, and, and, you know, we still got work to do this upcoming year. We're uh, even even with the vaccine being disseminated, we're working um, with our businesses to, to help them grow and, and bounce back and also um, take advantage of the, the talent and ideas that rest not only in South Shore, but, but in the surrounding communities and figure out how we can bring those businesses into South Shore and revitalize some of our commercial corridors. Absolutely. Now, with so many things on your plate that you're involved in on, on various levels, what's the one project that, that the people need to know that you're involved in that they can be on the on lookout for? Uh, with the South Shore Chamber or generally? Generally. It could be the South Shore Chamber. It could be the work you, that you do as, as a deputy um, uh, in the aviation area. Like, you, you got you got your hand in so many pots. <laughs> so, so, so. So I, I would say uh, the biggest opportunity right now is so I'm deputy commissioner for the Chicago Department of Aviation. And, and folks, uh, I'm hoping that folks know that um, O'Hare Airport is going through uh, $8.5 billion expansion. And so when you think about the opportunities that that creates, whether in construction or professional services or um, concessions opportunities, those are that's an opportunity for businesses to be able to um, do work at the airports and really take advantage of uh, that uh, economic flow that will flow through our airport. So um, the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is is making sure that I'm working with uh, our city's assist agencies and other organizations to really blast those opportunities out as they become available. Um, There are bid opportunities um, that are uh, on the street right now, um, some that will be coming throughout the spring. So I encourage everybody to go to flychicago.com and take a look at those opportunities. Um, But right now it is focusing on um, being a pipeline 
for businesses, particularly on the south and west sides, to figure out um, how we can take advantage of that $8.5 billion that are here. So um, that, that's what I'm focused on, and, and that's what I hope that the listeners uh, are really uh, taking advantage of. Absolutely. Get that, get that website address one more time. It is splashchicago.com. Absolutely. Mr. Corey L. Thames, man, Deputy uh, Commissioner for the Chicago Department of Aviation, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work, brother. God bless you. No, thank you for having me. Uh, God bless you, too, uh, and and, um, have a great day, everybody. All right. Man, great information. Look, flychicago.com, billion-dollar expansion at at O'Hare. Go out there. Figure out where the opportunities are. You know, could be a lot out there. You know what I mean? In terms of the, the neighboring area surrounding the airport, within the airport, if you're a small business who offers uh, things like, you know, um, and on the concession side of it, could be opportunity. Go check it out. That's why I love UBR, man. We do the, 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 the one-hour plug. If you listen and listen to these people and follow up, it could be opportunity. Going to take a quick break. On the other side, we got some more Urban Business Roundtable. I'm Curtis R. Monday. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Give me a call in the studio at 773 591 1690. That's 773 591 1690. Go to my website, www.curtisrmonday.com. Say congratulations to the 10 students that just finished the eight-week course. Uh, we appreciate you, and I'm excited to, to see uh, what you're going to do in the world of real estate investing. Real estate investing is not only creates generational wealth, but it revitalizes our communities, right? A lot of times you're going to go into these areas that, are, that have distressed properties and bring life back into them and rejuvenate the, the community. And so I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it because uh, I'm from – um, the South Shore areas where I grew up and uh, grew up from, and I have projects over there. I got projects in Roseland, and so I'm excited about that um, uh, that that process. So again, www.curtisrmonday.com. Uh, our next guest uh, is uh, the as a co-anchor and correspondent for Chicago Tonight and the host of Chicago Tonight Black Voices, both on the PBS affiliate WTTW Chicago Channel 11. Her reporting on education and criminal justice issues has appeared on PBS NewsHour and NPR as a takeaway. She previously worked as a reporter and anchor for WBBM News Radio 780 and as a producer, reporter for WJLA-TV ABC7 in Washington, D.C. She's earned two Peter Lissagore Awards, if I got that correctly, from the Chicago Headline Club and three Emmys. What hasn't she done? She's also a 40 under 40 Game Change Award recipient. I want to say good morning to Brandy Friedman. Good morning to you, Brandy. How you doing? Good morning, Curtis. I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. Now, listen, first of all, thank you for joining us today, and congratulations on all your accolades, and my prayers that you, husband, and kids, and family are all safe and healthy during this, this, this COVID-19 pandemic. Thank um, you. Thank you. Now, I think this is a first for me, Brandy, because most of the times, when I'm interviewing someone on the radio, I, I, you know, even though I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur by trade, I, I wear like the, 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 the journalist interviewee hat, right? And they're just the, I've never ever like talked to someone who's actually a real professional. <laughs> 
like a real journalist. Yeah, yeah, also. just a real. Like I'm just a hustler, Brandy. I'm just a hustler. This is what I do. This <laughs> I just I just grind it out in business. This is what I do. But you like for real. You like the real. Uh, anybody got all them? If it ain't like a like a degree, anybody got all the damn alphabets? W J I S W A I L. They the real deal. They the yeah, real you deal. You work in the industry. You don't know what those alphabets mean. It's alphabet soup. <laughs> Oh man, so I'm excited. So, so talk to us. Like, like they say in my favorite movie, um, when'd you fall in love with hip hop? When'd you fall in love with journalism? Um, I think it was somewhere in high school, um, and you know, college, and then obviously like the work that I've been able to do. I'm thankful that you know all of that has been affirmed. But it's somewhere in high school. You know, you're trying to figure out what color your parachute is. You remember that book? <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> I think I saw a movie uh, where uh, Denzel Washington plays a journalist. And I'm like, well, that, that looks interesting because, you know, and it's a movie, obviously. But it's like, you know, he's, he's investigating and, you know, he's, he's taking folks down and telling the truth and exposing the truth. And um, that looked interesting to me because I was like, I think that's important, you know, to, to, to do something meaningful and to hold uh, government accountable when it's necessary. Um, but also because, you know, I always feel like I never know enough about anything. And as a journalist, you get to ask questions and learn more about everything or whatever it is your beat might be, whatever you're focusing on. Um, and then you get to tell people about it. Um, so when I learn something really cool or something new or something interesting, I tell others, hey, guys, this is what I learned. And so that, that's basically what I do because I like to learn. I'm, I'm curious um, about, you know, what it's like for other people and what's going on and how things happen. Um, so, yeah, it was somewhere in high school. And luckily, I figured it out early. Um, and luckily, I, I get to keep doing it. Absolutely. Now, Brandy, I never knew a lot about journalists and, and what they had to endure and, and, and the steps. And what really gave me, uh, I guess, a sneak peek into like the, the life of a journalist was The Wire. Like I watched it like The Wire is the greatest yeah. series ever. But like yeah. in season five of The Wire, they take an inside look at a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And and I was in awe of how like, you know, even like the, the, the different stories that that we take for granted that we read in the newspaper, how an actual journalist has to go out, investigate, vet the sources. You know, there's a level of integrity. And I was like, well, damn, they have to go through a whole lot. And then I started to connect the dots with sports. Right. I, I listened to like Stephen A. And he talked about how he would be like a beat writer for a team and had to come up through the hard knocks. So it made me respect you guys for what you do, because I respect anyone that, that has a tremendous work ethic in the grind. Talk to us about your work ethic and grind and what it, what you had to, to, to do to get to where you are right now. Well, it's funny you mentioned The Wire because, like, I remember that season, of course, and I was like, oh, this is great. They're focusing on a newspaper. <laughs> the thing that I remember from that season is the reporter who made up all of his stories. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're making us look bad. We don't all do that. So that's, that's the, that was my takeaway. It was like, there are people out there who actually do that, and this guy is embarrassing the entire profession, um, and he doesn't get to call himself a journalist. The the brother was keeping him honest though, right? The editor, I think that he was keeping him. He was keeping him. He was calling him every time on it. <laughs> well, yeah, he did get caught, uh, right? But like, it, it takes a minute because we have to be trusted and respected, right? And right. one, you hear a lot of cops say the same thing, but one bad reporter, and now we're all bad reporters, sure. um, and we're all making it up, and we're all biased, and we all can't be trusted. And I think we all know that that's not true because our integrity is everything, right? People have to be able to trust us and believe us. Um, and know that we are reporting the news as fairly and as accurately as possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to ask about, like, kind of what I went through, you know, I went to college, and thankfully I went to graduate school. 
Um, and then my first job was in Wichita Falls, Texas, where I didn't know anybody. It was a small television market, about 140 something in the in the DMA rankings. So for listeners who don't know what that is, New York is number one, LA is number two, Chicago is number three, and it, it it's mostly based on um, population or city size, right? So <laughs> you can gather Wichita Falls was fairly small. I didn't know anybody. I packed up all my junk in my car and moved after graduate school, and I made next to no money. Um, <laughs> but I worked there for a year and a half, and, you know, it's where I really learned a lot. And then I moved on up to Little Rock, um, and that's where I met my husband, who's actually from this area. He's from Morton Grove. Um, and, you know, I spent a few more years there. And so for a lot of us, this is not the case for everybody, but for a lot of us, you kind of work your way through the markets like that. But, you know, my very first job, I was my, I shot my own stories and I edited my own stories. And wow. for a, when you start in small markets, that's also the way it works. Some big markets are still doing that, but technology has changed since I started. So that <laughs> hopefully it's a little bit easier for those reporters who are doing it, even in Chicago. Um, I mean, the other story that I tell people is that my first my first day on the job in Wichita Falls, Texas, was nine ten. So I'm dating myself a little bit, and that's okay. okay. 40, 40. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, nine ten. I got you. Go ahead. So that means, yeah, so that means nine eleven was my second day as as a television news reporter. Oh wow, wow! Yeah. What a way! What what a way to say, hey, welcome to to, to the industry. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start off with the biggest story some of us will ever tell. Um, and so you know, I start with nine eleven, and, and today we're covering the pandemic. So. Um, so obviously every job has its challenges. It, I, you know, I've found the job that I am willing to put up with its challenges every day um, and thankful that the industry hasn't kicked me out yet because yeah. um, yeah. I keep doing the job. So. Absolutely. Well, we're thankful also. I mean, one of the things I, I, I tell when, when I start the show for uh, the Urban Business Roundtable, one of our goals is to redefine the word urban, right, to okay. – to, and, and I hate – I hate this, and that's something I, I, I try to tell my son, who's only two, early, early age, that I don't like anyone telling my story for me. I don't like anyone controlling my, my narrative. I want to have some input in how my story is being told. Tell us, express our listening audience the importance of the African-American narrative being told properly and, and what role you play in it. Yeah, no, that's a really good question and extremely important. I mean, and I even wrestle with it a little bit, right? Like, I'm black, <laughs> so I have I have the right to share our story. Um, but I'm not I'm not originally from Chicago, right? And so I feel like I am still learning about Chicago and its rich history and culture every day. Um, and so I try and take you know pretty good care with being respectful to the Chicago audience and, and not to treat. Uh, the stories that I'm telling here, like, you know, the way an outsider might treat them, even though technically I'm not from here, but I've been here going on 10 years. Um, and I feel like I still have a lot to learn um, about the city. And so, you know, I can tell you what I do. I do my best to get to know the folks in this city. And I think that's why a show like Black Voices is so important. And I don't have to tell you guys at WVO in this, um, but I feel like it's important to bring our stories to even a bigger audience, right, to the WTTW audience and then maybe some new members, hopefully, of the WTTW audience. Um, because I think if if this last year has shown us anything, it is that there's some stories that have clearly been overlooked. There are some voices that have clearly been left out. Um, and, and, and so I think it's important to do a better job, all of us, at telling those stories. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, um, I, if you've been here 10 years, you're a Chicagoan now. <laughs> you're, you're, Thank you. You're, 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 I'm gonna call it home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. You're, you're in the. You're, you're definitely in the family. But yeah, I, I think it's powerful because the, the the media 
you know, uh, in terms of credibility is everything because it, it's how we get our news. It's how we, we, we frame our, our, our opinions on certain things. Like, you know, depending mm-hmm. upon which news outlet you watch typically determines what your perspective is about, like, let's say politics, you know, are you more conservative or you more liberal? So, you know, having those responsible outlets telling our story as African-Americans and, you know, whether it's Chicago, Detroit, Detroit, or LA, it may be some nuances, but we all have a unique story as African-Americans within this country. Tell us about the, 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 the show that you actually uh, are a part of uh, with the um, Chicago tonight, black voices. What's the purpose yep. of the show and, and, and the whole nine. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fairly new show. We launched in September uh, of last year. Um, and it's, you know, Chicago Tonight Black Voices airing Sunday nights uh, on WTTW at Channel uh, Channel 11, of course, at 6 o'clock. Um, but, of course, you know, if you're not in front of your television at 6 o'clock, you can get us online. On We're streaming live, live on our website, WTTW.com, Facebook, and YouTube. I hope everybody's proud of me because I got all that right. Um, so... <laughs> So the show is a few things, right? Like we cover the news, but through, you know, the lens of the black community um, and how these stories are uh, are important. So tomorrow night on tomorrow night's show, we're talking about the new criminal justice uh, reform bill that the governor signed on Monday. And we've got several legislators talking about that, the sponsors of the bill, as, as well as the Republican, right? Because, you know, there are some Republicans, many of them, obviously, that have some criticisms of how the bill was passed. Um, but also of what's in the bill and so how they're going to work going forward uh, to resolve some of their concerns, um, but also what this means, because obviously uh, a lot of black people (laughs) get cycled through this criminal justice system. But, you know, we're not only going to talk about our community in the context of criminal justice. There's a lot to talk about. So um, our art correspondent, Angel Edo, always has, you know, or sometimes often has uh, an art story for us. Uh, We're also talking um, about Ada McKinley, who was a social reformer from the early 1900s, who you don't hear about, right? Like, um, you hear about Jane Addams at Hull House, but you don't hear so much about Ada McKinley, even though she has a, a community service center here in her name. Um, so we're going to get a little history lesson because it's Black History Month all year at Black Voices. Um, and uh, our reporter, Amanda Vinicky is doing that. So it's not just Black people that we have on the show, obviously, but it's a stories about the Black community um, that impacts the Black community. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> no, no, that's that that's that's great, and and I encourage people to really tune in, and, and it's really really critical because Thank a you. lot of times in media, unfortunately, all we see are are the the some of the negative outliers that are associated with uh, with our community, and there are a lot of things going on, and the fact that you're reporting on some of the positive images and then the issues that impact us to help us become more informed uh, is critical, and so keep up the great work. Uh, I want to thank you again for been spending time with me today and, and letting uh, a rookie like me um, have a chance uh-huh. to, to spend time with a vet, <laughs> a vet like yourself. And congratulations on all that you're doing and in your recent uh, 40 Under 40 Game Changer Award. Thank you so much, Curtis. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. Man, great job. Great job. 40 Under 40. When I look at the, these 40 Under 40 Game Changers, seriously, uh, I'm trying to think where I was in terms of my career uh, at at that juncture in my life, and I gotta say that a lot of these individuals uh, are are further along than I was at that age. I mean, it's it's really phenomenal. I think that's probably the way it should be. That you know, with every you know generation and, and every iteration, that we push the bar a little bit higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. So I'm in, I'm encouraged by them, and I'm really excited about what they're doing. And so, as always, great show here on the Urban Business Roundtable. We really, really 
appreciate the opportunity to spend and share with you guys and hope that you're, that you're learning things that you're, you're and uh, not only learning, but utilizing some of the resources that we share to be able to leverage it. We don't get a lot of calls on UBI. I don't know if that's because Titus like, nah, I ain't want to talk to nobody. Uh, one of the listeners told me that he actually just takes notes. He doesn't want to interrupt the conversation because he, he feels like, you know, it, it'll take away from the information that's kind of going out. So he just kind of sits back and, and takes notes. And if you're doing that, that's great too. But take advantage of these resources um, because we don't know how long, um, you know, this platform will, will be here. The one uh, constant is change. Change always happens and change always occurs. And so if you're one of those individuals that say, hey, you know what, I'll get to it next year or I'll get to it next week, I'll get to it next week, you may come in next week, it's not the opportunity is gone, and then you've missed out. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of it. So, again, great show here on Urban Business Roundtable. Thank you again to Sonia Levine, our producer, my man, Mighty Titus, and the ones and twos, our great guests. Pick up the book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor at www.curtisrmonday.com. Go out, call me uh, at 708-647-1005 to schedule your free insurance and financial reassessment. Let's look at your insurance portfolio. Let's make sure that everything is intact. It protects your assets. I even got some tricks to help you grow your assets. Let's talk about it. Let's partner. I tell you always that I don't do this just for my first name, Curtis. I do this for my last name, Monday. Chance Jordan Monday. Daddy loves you. I got to go. Say what you want to about me, but I always know that I did it my way. God bless.